Welcome to Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Makai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Welcome back to episode 10. Woo, woo, woo. We are in March. Before we get to our new episode, we want to go ahead and introduce our sponsor. Take it away, Sunny D. Hola, guys. Welcome to the best month on the planet, i.e. Sunny D's birthday month. Anywho, our sponsor today is brought to you guys by Divine Timing. They are your one-stop shop for your journals and your planners for the new year. You have one more month to get your first quarter planner, and then the second quarter planner is going to be dropping very soon. So go online, use our code WMB22 to save some coins on getting your life together. As you know, we start out every episode with the quote. Today's quote is by the most amazing, beautiful, and secure staff. More episode, technically. It says, just because we have standards does not make us difficult. And Mm. that is insecure. And that came off of the episode racist as fuck. And like I said, we are excited to make it to March. And we want to shout out a huge, huge, huge thank you to all of our social workers, our child life specialists and our women. And we celebrate you this month. Yes. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And that is our very own day. So yes, (laughs) I'm in that group, y'all. Yes. And so we decided to do a small series this month, highlighting the most influential women. And we're starting off with the one, the only, the most beautiful, the one who has created Awkward Black Girl, has been able to give the world insecure Miss Issa Rae. (sighs) Oh, geez. Y'all tell me what y'all think of Issa Rae. Like, y'all already know I love this lady and I think she's amazing and beautiful. And like, her brain is just the most beautiful thing ever. That's because she's a super spy like you. That is a fact. She real incognito. That is a fact. (laughs) Which I appreciate. Yes. So much so that me and hubby were talking and we were like, hmm, or was that me and you, Nakai, about how we wonder if her doing the this last season, the wedding episode for the finale, if she was um, scouting locations for her own wedding, because that's the exact same spot. That was you and hubby. And I yes. did not know that, but that makes sense. Yeah. We were like, did this happen before or after her wedding? Because it's the like, if you look at the staircase her and Molly were in front of, it's where she took the picture pictures of her own wedding and you know Issa is so freaking amazing that she would actually kind of give you like a little glimpse into that she would be like ha 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 this is where I got married this is where Molly got married boom 
Like, I could see her doing that. Yeah, and we were saying that's probably how she got everybody there because most of her people are in the cast. So Mm -hmm. that's how it didn't make the news or anything because they were just going to film. Yeah, I love that. But I would so pull an Issa Rae. I would totally pull an Issa Rae. I I loved it. Man, it was just beautiful. And then her dress. Oh my gosh. And then she came out with this fine ass man. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you, so how did she made it, him? She made it she, IG official at the wedding. <laughs> at the wedding. No, they've been a thing since she got engaged. Because you remember she showed up with that big old rock and we were like, ma'am, mm-hmm. where, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. But he's rarely ever seen with her on the red carpet. They keep it super hush hush. And let's talk about a man who is not insecure about his own things. He's a whole businessman. So why why he gotta that be part. on the all the time? Yep. Yeah, that lovely. Part. That part. My favorite thing about the whole Issa Rae popping up all of a sudden getting married is even her caption was like, I just took some pictures and all my friends, they happened to show up in the same dress. Go figure. Did y'all read that? It was so funny to Like, it's just so clever the way she just slipped that in there. Like, bitch, is this a wedding photo? (laughs) My favorite thing was, and I just happened to take some pictures with somebody's husband. Ma'am, that is your husband. That's your husband, ma'am. Your husband. (laughs) That is yours. That is your exactly husband. Yes. It's so funny because the way she writes and her personality for me I was like I need to read these comments because is Issa playing or is she actually married and so I'm going through the comments and going and going and going and going and going and I finally see one that uh Yvonne was just like a thumbs up or something like that and I was like Issa's married Oh my gosh. No, but I've been rocking with Issa since Deep Cut, Adventures of Awkward Girl, but also Ratchet Peace Theater. What y'all know about that? So Deep Cut. You mean Adventures of the Awkward Black Girl? When it was online only, but also she did this thing on YouTube where the first one I think was Ty Dolla Sign. She would do Ratchet Peace Theater and talk about Ratchet song. Like you got to go down the rabbit hole on YouTube. That used to be me. Let's be jam see I was introduced to her awkward black girl and that was my YouTube series like that was the first time I was like oh there's this whole entire thing called web series black series like black I think it was like black love black sexy love tv or something like that like Mm -hmm. I found Issa first and literally kept watching every single episode and was like waiting me and my um one of my friends we continue like we would be like okay it's about to drop it's about to drop you got your stuff okay come on come on look we gotta watch it because it was such like that was me I was the awkward and am the awkward black girl right so especially my favorite it's so weird the episode where her and the girl was walking down the hall and they kept walking and so he was like damn is this bitch always in the hallway Uh, and she's uh, like, I already spoke once. Do I need to speak again? Like, what's the protocol on this? And I think, and I think about that all the time because, like, working at the hospital that we worked at, being in the hallway, and I would be like, Damn, I just seen you. I don't really want to speak. And I just turn around and walk off and be like, Oh, I forgot something because I don't want to speak to you. And it's weird and awkward. <laughs> Girl, That's a real no. conversation in my head. I think everybody has that awkwardness. And that was definitely the first time, at least I think for us, being able to see that and know that it ain't just us. So we're not the only ones. Well, I, so it served as like a siren call because you got to find your tribe, like the other awkward people and everything. Because <laughs> I know if you're looking at awkward Black girl and you relating, then you my people. It was like a way for you to bridge that, okay, are you in? Are you out? Like, how, how cool can I be with you. But most of mine were colonizers, so well, and it. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. eventually you found me. That is true. Eventually you finally came and you saved me. That is a fact. <laughs> Matter of fact, our first real conversation could have been on an episode of Awkward Black Girl. Do you remember that? Dog my memory. Huh? So my memory. I'm sitting at my desk and for y'all who don't know, Nakaya is going to speak if she feels welcomed energy. And so it's early in the morning. I'm like the only person in the office. She comes to me and she was like, so, because I'm new. She's like, Mm -hmm. so how are you doing? It's like, I don't know what made me be honest, but I was like, girl, listen, I'm struggling. And if things don't work out in the next three months, I'm leaving. And she was like, girl, (laughs) she was like, girl, me too. And I was like, oh, you my people now. Because we both don't know what we're doing and we both might be gone. Facts. Yes, yes. Oh man, back all, back all day. That's hilarious. I wish I had been a fly on the wall with that conversation. Man, even in meetings, like I have to look because there was a, uh, I used to call her the devil. Oh, the Lord. devil was at work and I, she would say something in the meeting and <laughs> Nay would text me or she'd be like, fix your face. Because it'll be a meeting, 36 people. So everybody's just looking around, looking at everybody. And then Nay will text, fix your face. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I'll be looking Wait. at her like, bitch, why are you still talking? Go die. Go get hit by a car. Wow. Which, okay. in hindsight, my apologies, because as Black women in America and in society, we should not have to fix our face. Other people don't fix their face. So why should we police ourselves and each other to not show common emotions that other people, you know, show. So my apologies for you for telling you to fix your face because your face can do whatever you want it to do because other people's do. So audience, can can we just take a second and give her this, you know, this little flowers because that was another naysay. (laughs) That was. Listen, I'm like, okay. (laughs) Could have been in that, like that's a freaking gym. Thank you. And for me, I'm going to say, I do appreciate your apology, Um, but no, I needed to fix my face because I was looking at her like, oh my gosh, I I want you to be hit by a truck right now. And then, you know, I'm growing and learning that that's not the right thing to think about people, you know. And also, like, me saying fix your face was more as a protection for you. Like, girl, don't let these white folks fire you because mm-hmm. they feel threatened. So mm-hmm. fix your face. So on yeah. one hand, it's protection and probably necessary. But on another hand, why should we have to do that? And why yeah. as other people, even if we are protecting our own, do we have to then be the police on them, you know? Yeah. It's that duality and that dichotomy that I don't really like. Dang, you're so smart. I mean, it's your brain. It's great. <laughs> no, I've been reading this really good book, The Other Black Girl. Y'all need to read it. I need to find the author. But it talks about a Black girl and another Black girl being in the office. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's like a whole societal, systematic way in which they try to make Black girls in the office space more approachable and mm. more appealing to society. Yeah. I'll put it in the blog and I'll also put it in the chat. I can imagine what uh, Nakaya's face looked like though. As soon as you said, I already had the image because I've seen those faces and I can understand why you said that. And to be the only two of what, three black girls in the office, you know, every time something foul was said, they looking at us. (laughs) Yeah. So what did y'all, I mean, right now it's in March. So everybody should have watched the finale. If you haven't, it's going to be a lot of spoilers. So they don't add us. Please don't. <laughs> what did y'all think of how she ended this whole entire season, her finale season? I related to that. I remember season one, episode one, and I'd gotten through the first 10 minutes. And I was like, this person is me. Minus the fact that I don't go to the club. It was so relatable. And I looked forward every single season to 
a new season of Insecure because I feel like age-wise, we're kind of in the same age-ish spot in life. And there's very similar parallels going on with work and navigating professional workspaces, navigating friendships, navigating relationships, all those things speak to real life, right? And so to see it come to an end and see where people have grown and how people have evolved over the course of what we got to see is always really lovely, especially when you have a beautiful Black cast and everyone is legitimately thriving. That part. I think my only critiques would be that one, we didn't get to see Kelly's baby in the finale, although they said they he did do a guest appearance like in the documentary, but he was a little grumpy when it came time to film. True baby. But also, I would have liked for them to delve more into some of the supporting cast, their story, because I feel like they kind of teased a little bit out more Kelly at the last season, but I wanted more. Like, where's her journey? I really want to know what happened to all of us because they kind of tied it up, but it wasn't a neat little bow. Like, I still feel like there was more story to tell, but that's just my selfish fan wanting it to go on forever. Yeah, I agree with that. So I love that you say that because that perfectly segues, segues us into this next discussion. Talking about supporting cast, let's talk about Tiffany. One of my friends sent this to me and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome because it talks about Tiffany, aka the strong friend. Just like how we've been talking about in previous episodes of that masculine and feminine energy and how sometimes like if you're so masculine or if you're so that strong friend, a lot of people won't check on you or they won't check in. This is a blog post by Aisha and we'll uh, put the link in everything in the blog so y'all can look at it. But part two, Tiffany, aka the strong friend. We all know a Tiffany. Some of you might even know a Tiffany, the friend who is always put together, quick witted and everything she wants. Somehow she seems to get intelligent, perfect relationship, the house, the car, the baby, etc. She has it all. However, the one thing she doesn't seem to have is a safe space to feel sad or an opportunity to discuss her sadness. In the final season, Tiffany reminds her friend yet again that everything that glitter isn't gold, especially when it comes to her seamlessly golden life. Upon arrival to Molly's birthday celebration, Tiffany responds to House Denver with a shrug, like, mm, we're adjusting, and immediately shifts the focus away from herself. We've seen this trick, this thick and move from her past, consistent attempts to not be a Debbie Downer and maintain her being the bubbly friend. Adjusting to motherhood was difficult for Tiffany, and the only thing as consistent as her quick retorts and sharp personality is the underlying sadness and functional depression. It's been around for several seasons. An elephant in the room that's better left untouched. We got a good glimpse of it in season four finale when she tried to run away from everything and initiated a conversation about postpartum depression. So what do y'all think about that? I think it's very relatable. Definitely relatable content. I know, at least for me, I don't like the energy of negativity or being down and things like that. And I I also don't always know how to respond when people close to me are feeling that way. Also, because I feel as if, if I'm just being overly positive and that number one, not genuine and it's not really supporting my friend or my loved one or what have you. And sometimes you don't always have a language for trying to figure out what that is. But I know I've definitely had those moments where I know I don't feel okay, but I also 
don't want to, I don't want that negative energy or that type of energy to be rubbed off onto other people as well. So you try to like wrap that up in a bow and like get it together. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely relatable because you want to have the ability to have those conversations or at least have a person like your person to express when you don't feel okay. And I said this a few episodes back, like it's okay to not be okay when you feel safe enough to not be okay. My very, very first thought. Kudos to the writer of this because she is a licensed professional counselor. Mm -hmm. So we get all of the therapy talk, which I am definitely here for. But when you said Tiffany, the strong friend, immediately my mind went to, but I don't think she's the strong friend. I would think Kelly would be the strong friend. Like with Tiffany, I always saw the little bit of something about her isn't quite right. And she's going through a lot. But from my perspective, the only person who she was really close to was Kelly and let's be honest Kelly don't seem like the person you share your deepest darkest fears desires and everything else to it seemed like Tiffany had more of a surface level friendship with Molly and Issa and in those kind of relationships would you tell them your deepest darkest fears and insecurities and everything so I just felt that although we see this friend group this wasn't the friend group that Tiffany goes to for that support and encouragement and everything. I just felt like she showed a different side to them and she was what their foursome needed, but that wasn't exactly what she needed personally for her growth. Mm, That's a good point. Mm -hmm. That even makes me think of how you said Kelly's a strong friend in your opinion of like how so many people mask so many things with laughter and humor and they could truly be hurting but they're gonna like make you laugh and you're like oh they're good they're over here laughing smiling they're okay and that's that's interesting because it really is kind of like what you said too earlier if we would have gotten a little bit more into Kelly and Tiffany lives like we really would have seen a lot more but Tiffany for me I would think like I would only classify her as one of the strong friends quote unquote Mm. only because she's very witted so it's very sarcastic So it's like, are you being funny sarcastic or are you serious sarcastic? And I know like for me, I am a very sarcastic person. So like, I know some of my friends are like, I I can't tell when you're serious or when you're playing. So then I have to preface that of like, okay, hey, I'm serious, blah, 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 blah. But also you made another point about like your tribe. Does she really feel comfortable in being her true self with these girls? And I think for me, I would say I look at her and Kelly, like I feel like her and Kelly share a lot more than what quote unquote we saw on the screen. Mm -hmm. right? And even with that statement, does she feel comfortable enough? Let me preface this with, I know this is a TV show that we mostly got in 30 minutes segment so we can you know expound their whole relationship or a whole like physical embodiment of a relationship from this Mm -hmm. but I would almost challenge it's not does she feel safe and comfortable enough with these girls have they created a space and environment for her to feel that safety and that comfort? Because there would be times when she would drop stuff like like something happened with her and Derek or, oh yeah, we're finally getting back to where we are or, oh yeah, things were rough, X, Y, and Z. And the other girls would completely bypass it. Now, if that was me and my friend something said something like that, I'd be like, 
slow down. Well, what happened? Like, how are you feeling? What did you learn from that? Like, how can we support you? How can we grow? But because they didn't give that opening in that space, like, was that really, did they create that environment for her to be open and vulnerable more so than did she feel comfortable? Because I feel like you have to create that environment before somebody can feel that comfort. And even thinking of like what you just said of like how the article, and I think uh, Sunny D said it earlier, of like maybe they just really didn't have the verbiage because how would you talk to that person who you already know already has a wall up and doesn't want you to come so far in, but wants help. Like, cause for me, it seems like Tiffany has this huge wall up where we are on, we are friends and this is where you guys stand in my life, but y'all aren't coming into my life. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But now she's at a point where she wants those friends behind the scenes of her life. How does she create that bridge when she's been having them on the other side of the wall the whole entire time? Yeah. Or the insecurity of her friends. Because I know sometimes in my relationships, when you do feel like somebody else is professionally farther along or like in their day-to-day personal life farther along than you are, you kind of almost feel insecure. Like you can't approach them with constructive criticism or possibly support because you get the feeling of, well, what can I offer to them when they're already so far beyond where I am? So maybe her friends were also feeling that too. Like I can't approach her because then she's going to talk about stuff that I have no interaction with. I have no experience with. So how can I give her support in that moment when I haven't experienced that myself? Yeah, that's a good point. I also think about knowing that I know what I do sometimes when I'm going through something, I'm stressed, I'm feeling really anxious or whatever, going to someone else with assistance or wanting to talk to them but also seeing that they're struggling and they're going through hard times and stuff like that as well it makes me wonder if she didn't want to burden her other friends with the stuff that she's going through because he's sleeping on people's couches and molly's going through a whole thing and who knows what kelly's doing because kelly's kelly you know what i'm saying and not wanting to contribute to the chaos but that mm-hmm. doesn't leave her any opportunity for an outlet when you keep it to yourself even though it's very possible that she wanted to extend that olive branch and and ask for help or ask for some sort of support but how can you when these people are barely standing on their own two feet like you don't want to contribute to someone else's chaos you know yeah and that's why I said maybe this wasn't her friend group that she goes to for that because if you remember at the baby shower she had her whole little mom tribe that she felt like that it felt like she was closer and more open and more vulnerable with and they did have inside conversation that the other girls weren't privy to or seen not to be privy to so that's why I was saying maybe this isn't the friend group that she goes to for all of that like she's still thoroughly invested in this friend group but we all know from our friend groups you play different roles in different groups so maybe this was just the supportive has it all seemingly put together persona that she embodies in this friend group which isn't indicative of how she is in all of her friend groups yeah she had a whole crew of people for that baby shower Mm -hmm. see I remember that episode and I think for me I didn't see it that way like I saw all of those new girls as new girls right like most of the time when she talked to them it was all about babies 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 and like what's gonna happen because yes this is her new life like you're about to be a mom but I remember if I'm remembering right and I'm look don't come at me if I say this wrong (laughs) 
But even when they were at the table in Denver, she was just like, uh, she said something about the mom group where not the mom group, but like those type of friends, like they just don't get me. Mm-hmm. And like those aren't her tribe because it doesn't seem like she can be her true self with them. But yeah, she may be able to talk about things that she can't talk about with the other girls because they're not married. They're, they're not a mom. So those conversations may be limited or but they're not as in detail then she was to talk to one of the people from the mom group but even the mom group is not in Denver anyway yeah but can we please just give it up for friend groups of any nature that you can be your full authentic self around because that Mm. is a blessing and in short supply like yes friend groups where you can take off the I gotta be this way or I gotta be that way and give them all the good bad and the ugly and they still accept you love you support you like those are truly a blessing (laughs) yes but I was just talking to my friend yesterday and like it was such a beautiful conversation like she was telling me that one of her friends was like no new friends no new friends and she was like can you stop saying that and I was like wait why and she said one because when you say no new friends you are blocking some beautiful amazing people to come into your life And she was telling me, she was like, because if I was to say that when she got back to um, the South, there was this huge conference in Florida that I went to. He and another friend, we teamed up and we went together. And that's how we met her. And Mm. she said, if she was in the mindset of no new friends, then our relationship, our friendship wouldn't have never have ever been developed. She would have never took like stepped outside of her comfort zone to even come talk to us. And then we like opened, it was like, hey girl, yeah, you can hang out with us. You can talk with us, like basically you can sit with us in the cafeteria right (laughs) and then like now her whole entire like our friendship is so beautiful and she we don't we're not in the same state but we talk and like we Marco Polo like I'm like hey I know you got your business going up and running what do you need how do how can I support Mm -hmm. you and so she was saying like imagine if you always say no new friends how many people are you blocking that are blessings in your life that's a word that is a word (laughs) Okay. That is a, a word. word because you never know how God uses people. Yes. In your lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there are people in random situations that you will meet in random places that are there for a very specific purpose. Mm-hmm. And you can't be blocking your own blessings and then complaining that you ain't being blessed. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, yes, that was a whole word. <laughs> I wish y'all could see the <laughs> praise him movement that Nakai just did, but it is also similar to the ones that the little cartoon characters do when they're frightened. <laughs> <laughs> Not when they're frightened. Aww. It oh, was precious. So I have a question for both of y'all. So when in your French friend group or friend tribe are y'all the strong friend it depends on which one elaborate like in some groups I am the strong friend I'm the one people go to for advice you know to vent to do everything else but it's because I've had so many of those kind of relationships that I had to actively search out people where they can be that for me because it is extremely draining to be the one that everybody else goes to because you do feel 
like when you are going with something, well, I can't bring it up because it's not as severe. Or if you come into me with advice all the time, how are you going to give me advice? Because clearly I'm giving you all the advice for the reason. So that's when I specifically had to search out people who I can not be the strong friend in and who I could tell my problems and insecurities to. So that's why I say like in some circles, yeah, I'm the strong friend. But in other circles, I'm like, "Mm -mm, let me cry on your shoulder. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think I am the strong friend because I'm tired all the time. (laughs) What? Let me me elaborate. I've had a very early knowledge of my purpose in life is to be of service, right? And so if that means I need to support my friends and be able to give them an encouraging word and uplift some spirits or things like that, like that just comes incredibly naturally to me. So if you were to call me and you're stressed about such and such, I got your affirmations. Like I got your mantras. I got different perspectives and maybe different viewpoints and things like that to maybe help uh, bring some calm and some clarity into the situation. And that's exhausting when you do that with everybody, right? So it does make me tired a lot of the time. And I think only recently have I been in a situation where I have that person and thank God I have that person that I'm in a relationship with. I get to have that person like at home where I can fully be unmasked, vulnerable and all of the things in like he's my strength and my rock because everybody needs that person. Everybody needs at least one person to do that. But I think naturally I am just the person that that wants to support. I want all of my friends to win. I'm all about the support and all about go for it and, and let me support and how can I, you know, assist you and how can how can I be of support to you and things like that. So yeah, I think I'm the strong friend. And I don't always believe that other people can't help me, which has been my issue. That's my one of my goals this year is to be better with asking for help, be vulnerable, vulnerable and humble enough to ask for help because I deserve to have that strong friend too. Everybody does. And that's important. So Sunny D, I'm going to pray that the Lord sends you some woman because as somebody who does have their partner as that choice of support and everything else, it's something to be said when you can find that in another woman. That's so true. I'm going to pray to God that he not only sends you that strong friend for you, but that they bulldoze over all your walls and be there for you even when you don't want to, to the point that you can't help but feel comfortable. Because sometimes we need those friends too that will boggle you down with the I'm here for you until you finally be like, well, gosh, okay, here it is. Yes, that's true. And honestly, I think I think maybe that I do and I haven't allowed myself to realize that, to see them in that particular situation or that particular view because often the one to assist and support and to offer, you know, whatever little words of wisdom that I have or that the good Lord gives through me to give to someone else because again, he uses us as vessels in some instances. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take that. That's one of the things I... When I moved away from home for the first time as an adult, that was one of the things that I, and I still do pray for is to continued good, solid group of female friends, like that good womanhood. You know what I mean? Like everybody needs that. I don't necessarily understand this is kind of a tangent, 
I don't understand women who don't have female friends. I mean, y'all to get it together. You need your crew. As somebody who was that person, I totally get it. Is it the most helpful and healthy? No, but I Hmm. do understand it and get it. I truly do. Because it's it's hard to be vulnerable with other women and not know if they're going to A, use it against you. Mm -hmm. Or if they're a frenemy. Yeah. They're a frenemy. Or if they're subconsciously jealous of you which may or may not come out explicitly or like all of the things it's so bad but as women we're always constantly looking at another woman uh, as does she have an ulterior motive and it's hard it's hard to take yourself out of that mindset because when you take yourself out of that mindset you do open up the possibility of being hurt and being proven right but you got to do it so you can receive those gems and those blessings and it's funny that you say that because when I moved from my previous spot to here that was one of my prayers because I do have so few female friends and friends in general that I was like Lord let me make at least two new friends Mm -hmm. because you do need a group and a tribe and a support system so it's a very funny that you mentioned that (laughs) you know you need somebody to go to brunch with and to have all the mimosas with and to hang out and to talk and to be real and to grab about your man yeah I think that's so interesting because I'm similar to Nay where I have a lot more male close friends like something's going on I'll probably go to one of my male close friends before I even go to a female but it's interesting (laughs) I'm learning I'm learning I'm learning but it's interesting because I think the perspectives are different because how you said you just don't know it's more of a trust thing Mm -hmm. trust you with this information versus most of my male friends if I come to them and I I'm like blah 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 and I tell you something that's so dear first thing they're gonna do and it never fails what do you need from me and how can I fix it I'm like I don't need you to fix it I just want to vent oh okay well you should just say that and so then they their perspectives and the way they observe people are totally different because I've had two of my closest male friends warn me about females that I was hanging out with. And I was just like, wait, what do you mean? And they were like, Mm-mm, that's a friend of me. That's a friend of me. And I was like, no, she she seemed cool. Da, da, da. And they were like, okay. And what they both did, took their hands out of the situation. They said what they said. And then three, I want to say exactly three and a half years later, I come to them and I'm like, oh, this bitch did. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and both of them, the only thing they said was like, do you remember the conversation we had three years ago that I told you that was a friend of me? And it's interesting because their perspective and the way they see stuff yeah. is totally different than the way we view another woman. Versus what they see, how that woman is treating another woman. It goes back to that masculine and that feminine energy. In our feminine energy, we view a lot of things through emotion. And emotion can color a situation, a conversation. But with men in general, they don't. They see it fact, 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 fact. So when you remove the emotion and just see the fact, that you can pick up more on those ulterior motives and everything because you're not colored by well maybe they meant this or we were doing that so maybe that happened maybe they were just having a bad day Mm -hmm. yeah they're very matter of fact yeah Mm -hmm. which is a blessing for me because I know with me and my personality I am a very literal person and very candid to the point like I'd rather you be so honest and candid with me then you going around the bush because if you keep going around this bush, you're gonna frustrate me. I was about to say I'm gonna fuck you up. 
you're gonna frustrate me you're gonna frustrate me so then I don't want to like either fuck you up or don't want to be your friend anymore because I'm like as a friend I value honest raw communication like that's a huge number one value in a friendship if you cannot give that to me then are we really friends or are you my um, acquaintance because we can be acquaintances and still have fun but I won't allow you to get so close to me if that makes sense. And then um, another thought came in my head. Oh, so there's one thing I do typically with most of my friends of like, especially because I'm thinking of Tiffany of like being the functional depressed person on the show mm-hmm. is most of my friends, if I'm coming to them with something that's heavy and I don't know the mental space they're in, I would first ask, hey, are you in the mental space to hear something or to allow me to vent? Yeah, you do Why do, do I do that? One, because everybody is dealing with something. And if you are not, and some of my friends have been like, no, Nakai, give me a minute or, hey, can I call you back? And so I'm like, yeah, sure. Cool beans. And then I have some friends that I do that with. And like, they literally tell me, stop doing that shit. Like, if you just need to talk, just talk. But then it's like, I'll do it. But then I notice like you're not actually mentally there because you're you're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So then one of my friends who I do it with all the time, she actually said that's her trigger to know, hey, Nakai doesn't open up as much. So when she does, that's when I need to stop and really listen. And I was like, oh, really? And she was like, yeah, because when you actually be like, hey, are you in the mental space to let me vent for something? She was like, one, you're venting because this is actually something bothering you. You can't figure out yourself. And I was like, oh, look at you being observant. Okay. But I am going to ask you another question about um, the goats. Issa, Ray, Ray, Ray. Issa, Issa. <laughs> um, what quality of Issa's do you guys admire? I know that was a good one, right? I got my Oprah hat on today. Clearly. <laughs> For me, I think one of one of many is her ability to see her own lane, to see what that looks like, to carve it out, and to be very confident and content with doing her own thing and not trying to conform to whatever. I mean, that's why we know who she is now is because she did exactly that you know what I mean and her ability to be so damn relatable like I mean she's phenomenal absolutely gorgeous like I love everything about Issa Rae but above anything I feel like she's the type of person like I feel like we could kick it you know what I mean like she's so relatable she's so genuine and sincere in all of her blackness it just I'm I can't get enough I'm waiting for like future project absolutely I'm waiting for future project all the things new books I don't know and I say I don't know because I try like with celebrities I try really hard not to make them a character a caricature of themselves Mm. because I do know that what we see as the public is the kind of polished versions of themselves Mm. so I don't I feel like I don't know her enough to know what qualities I admire in her because I don't know her behind the scenes like I don't know how much of this persona and a characteristic that I would admire out of her was actually forged in the fire through conversations with other people in her lives that she still supports her and everything else because we all can look darn good you know after we've worked things out and we've went to our tribes and everything else so I don't know what is actually her I mean I know all of it's her but what is like authentically her and what is her workshopped out like refined and everything else that makes sense Mm -hmm. but she's a bad girl like it seems like she got her nice head on her shoulders and it seems like she's tenacious 
I guess that could be a characteristic that I admire. She got some tenacity, Anna. She does. I would say the one I, the trait I admire in her is that she had a vision and she went for it. Right. But I think in her documentary, she was even talking about like, she never wrote a, like that was her insecure was her first time writing a TV series. Mm -hmm. And she was in rooms that she never thought she would ever be in. She said, I think it was like, yes, yeah, she was kind of nervous, but she stepped up to the plate to be able to do what she needed to do to get it done. And she had a vision of what it looked like. And sometimes it was hard to explain to the writers and to the directors and stuff like that. But for someone coming from a web series to HBO, like that is not a small celebration to me that is huge but not only that to be able to understand hey to be able to understand I know what I know and I know somebody else knows more than me and let me learn from them because I think she was even learning a lot from Prentice who I think was another writer on the show mm-hmm. um, or director showrunner showrunner And so to be able to be humbled enough to know, I only know what I've done on the internet. This is a whole new world, like a whole new world. But I know what I, I know the vision that I have for it. So that even talks about like, to me of like, not only having that vision, but being so beautiful and humbled and what word am I looking for? Um, Knowledgeable about your craft that your vision came to pass. We didn't know how she did it, but because I know, well, I don't know, but I'm assuming, and I hate to assume, um, there were probably a lot of times that Issa was like, I don't know how to do this. Let me learn. Or can you teach me? Can you show me? Well, how do y'all do this? What's the actual protocol? Okay, can we switch some things up? Like, this is what I see. How can we make it work? So I think the beauty of the how, of like questioning what if, what, what can we do? Like, how can we make this better? How can we develop each character? But also the whole entire time, Issa's learning. Issa is making her own lane in a beautiful space that's highlighting beautiful Black people and Black lives. But not just highlighting Black lives, but highlighting the beauty of a Black, the tribe, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah, definitely not being afraid to go through the growing pain mm-hmm. and ask mm-hmm. and ask the questions to get to where you see that bit or where that vision has been given to you to, to get to that point and being able to talk to who you need to talk to and not being afraid to click a button. What does this do? How do we do this? X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, those are definitely characteristics, at least from what what we know that one of many that I appreciate too. Like doing it while scared. Oh, for doing sure. it while you are nervous, going to talk to people that are probably above. Well, no, because Lisa's the creator, but even and? going to talk to people that may be above her mm-hmm. and like doing it like, yes, I'm nervous. Yes, I'm afraid, but I'm stepping out on faith that this will work. This has to work. This is going to work. And then she created a whole entire damn series that the world loves. And it's Honestly, I'm still upset that it's over. Oh, yes. Give me and a we year. never we never got one hour episode. Yeah, <laughs> she was not giving an hour. She was not budging on that 30 minute time frame. I mean, like, the last episode was 45 minutes. So she gave us a little bit. She gave still. us a little. But some of those episodes, I I was like, you know what? Some of these episodes are like 27 minutes. I don't even get the full. I'm missing three minutes. You don't because according to HBO contract, they have to have commercials. Mm-hmm. So like they have to have like 20, like, I think it's actually like 24, 20. Yeah, 
24 minutes 24 minutes of actual show and then they sprinkle in your commercials and your ads and stuff to make it a 30 minute time slot insecure on patreon do you understand how many people would be paying for a 30 minute show without (laughs) yo if they had insecure nfts i would get one two things about Issa. one there is something to be said about going about it wrong to get where you want to be i say that by saying in one of her interviews she said that you know Issa is totally pro-black it's for black people anyway that is her whole mantra but she said that a friend told her in order for awkward black girl to blow up you need a white character which may or may not be what she initially wanted but they were like girl that's the way you gonna get npr to write articles about you da 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 so in the first season, she did have a white character, but once she got the hype, she removed that white character. So now it's all black people. So I say that to say there may have been a situation where she was like, okay, this isn't where I want this show to go. But in order to get where I needed to get, I have to make concessions in order for it to be as big as I need it to be. And then I can be true to completely true to myself. So that's something to be said. Sometimes you can't, unfortunately, in order to get to where you want to be, you can't wholeheartedly stay true to yourself. And I also think about her, Issa B's relationship with Crenshaw, how she had to tell him, hey, we can't have all of this because we still need the support of this company. And luckily, having it blackity black black was okay but there are some situations where you might have to compromise a little bit to get to where you want to go at the end of the day as quickly as you want it to go so that's one thing two about the patreon (laughs) if that happens all of y'all are some punks because when Issa was on youtube she did have something where if you bought into it you get behind the scenes stuff and everything yeah Yeah, i'm like for that okay on that note we are going to just thank Issa ray just for being herself and just giving all the amazingness and I just love it. And we're going to transition into Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. And this is where we highlight a Black person doing the damn thing. And today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting the Melanie dolls, an idea I stole from me. Oh, Nisa. I looked into this and they're so pretty. I love what these guys are doing. This is a doll company that produces these beautiful black Barbie dolls. And not just that, but these black Barbie dolls are inspired by influential or significant women in black history. I think I saw, I saw a few months ago, there was a, a doll that was inspired by Angela Davis. And there's a collection that's inspired by Breonna Taylor. And they're absolutely beautiful. They have beautiful natural hairstyles they are so so pretty but one of my favorite things is each of these dolls comes with the set of black girl mantras um like i'm a confident black girl i'm a powerful black girl there's so many and it actually comes with a list of them in the box when you guys order them so according to the website um the website is the melaniedolls.com these dolls are designed to promote freedom and liberation for young black girls so did you guys ever have like black dolls growing up I did but I didn't really play with them but I wasn't a doll girly girl type of I can't see that for you in any way shape or form. yeah I absolutely did I had I actually still have them um she got me these Barbie dolls these black Barbie dolls that are seasonal so there was a spring Barbie there's a, a winter Barbie and she has like this big like winter coat the spring the spring Barbie has like this big straw hat with like this full dress it's a summer Barbie 
um, and there's a fall Barbie and they come in these, they come in these like collector's boxes. I still have them in the boxes and everything. And I wanted to play with them because they're so pretty, but I was like, no, these are collectors. I can't mess these up. They're too, too pretty. Can't touch them. Also definitely had the Brandy doll from back in the day with the braids and everything. They were phenomenal. And I think, I think the Brandy doll was one of the first black Barbie dolls ever. And so I, I absolutely loved them and collected them. Nay, did you have a black Barbie doll back in the day? Listen, so my parents, but my mom is blackity black, black. She, in her hometown, they had a lot of civil rights struggles. She was like under 10 and threw a bottle to start one of the, the social unrest riots so that's the background that I yeah mama always been on one I can't remember not having black dolls like I had a black my size Barbie I had one of the head Barbies where you had a black one of those I had black cabbage patch kid dolls my grandma when I was in kindergarten gave me atomically correct black baby dolls a boy and a girl and I brought them into school for show and tell because I wanted all the kids to see their privates like I cannot remember not having black dolls like I'm trying to really hard to remember having a white doll and I cannot (laughs) I did have a cabbage patch she was red she was a redhead she was not representation matters That is true. That is true. So you guys can check out these beautiful dolls on their website, themelaniedolls.com. Uh, you can find them on social media at the same handle, the Melanie Dolls, on like IG as well as TikTok. And go online and pre-order or purchase what they have. They're so, so pretty. And your little ones would absolutely love them. Yay, I love that. And speaking of like how you just said, even, yeah, speaking of representation mattering, I in total agreement with that. And not only that, but being able to see yourself as you're growing up and having dolls that see yourself is a huge thing about that helps with your self-worth, self-love and self-belief, right? Mm -hmm. So we are sponsored by a business called Sure Refinement and they focus on and they do workshops with for women focus on self-love self-belief and self-worth so if you guys want to check them out go ahead their code for us is wmb22 for 20 percent off your first workshop and i know they have a workshop coming up april 4th so go ahead and get in it and with that we are going to say thank you And, you know, we end every single episode with an affirmation. And so the affirmation for this episode is, I think thoughts that make me feel strong and capable. My reality reflects my ability to fight for my dreams. Okay, snap, 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 snap. Well, we thank you for listening to this episode. And what we about to do, we gonna ask you to subscribe, comment, and review too. You can find us on our handles. Yes, you can. You can find us on Google, Amazon, and even SoundCloud. Oh, I messed it up. (laughs) You were almost there. You were almost there. But y'all follow us. uh, Subscribe. We would love to hear from you. Um, Where is my blueprint podcast? On all handles. And thank you. And we are out. Bye. Bye. Peace out.